Welcome to Weekend in Drama Land, the official podcast of It Started with a KDrama.com. We are dedicated Asian drama lovers that are ready to spread our wings and bring our love for dramas to a whole new media platform. Together, we watch a blend of Korean, Chinese, Taiwanese, Japanese, and Thai dramas. On occasion, Filipino dramas as well. As best friends in real life, it's only fitting that we get to share our tro- our love for crazy tropes, chocolate abs, killer OSTs, and so much more with all of you. So sit back, relax, close your eyes, and let us guide you through the world of all thing Asian dramas. I'm your host, Andrea. And I'm your co-host, Tiff. As a disclaimer, we're native English speakers. While we're expert drama watchers, we are not expert speakers with other languages. We are bound to fail at some pronunciations, so please don't mind our mistakes too much. We will strive to do our best and learn from our errors. In time, we are confident we'll improve. Today's episode is entitled Secretary Kim Episodes 11 through 14. An additional disclaimer is some of the events of like episode 11 is a bit on the darker side involving suicide and if anyone is sensitive to this i'm forewarning you now that we do discuss these events yes potentially triggering content so if you are sensitive to any of these topics you might want to tune out okay so we are a little behind we were going to do two episodes per podcast but life got in the way so we're going to begin with episode 11 and this is right after the event where Miso had fainted at the I guess some type of business party where there was a magician and she saw the magician's assistant come down and remind her of the kidnapper lady. So we start out with basically what Miso remembers. And this is when she was very little, she was about five years old, and her mother was in the hospital due to that illness that she had, which they never said what exactly she had, but it was something quite deadly because she had passed away not too much longer after that. Uh, Miso woke up in the middle of the night. She was looking for her mom, although she does know her mom's in the hospital, but she really wanted to see her mom. And she heard someone outside. So she runs outside and she runs into the kidnapper lady. And the kidnapper lady says that she'll take Miso to the hospital to see her mom. But instead, she took her to the band house where Young Jun is already being held. And this is where we get a little into the darker side of the episode. It looks like the kidnapper lady was going to kill Miso along with her because she didn't want to die alone. But Young Jun somehow was able to talk her out of it. And instead, the kidnapper lady hanged herself alone in like the room next to where the kids are. And when Miso sees the hanged body, Young June tells her that it's not the kidnapper lady, that said it's a huge spider. And this is why she has that big fear of spiders. And Young June did this because he didn't want Miso to learn about death from what happened, being that her mother was terminally ill, and he didn't want her to have more problems when facing her mother's own death. And then he closes the door so that Miso didn't continually see this woman's deceased body. And, um... Young Jun is talking to an unconscious Miso in the hospital. This is where we switch from the flashback to the current events. And he talks a bit about his point of view of what happened in the kidnapping, about seeing her again after all those years, and the things after she had become her, I mean, his personal secretary. He, uh, Young Jun had made a promise to her that there was something called a Nana Sweet Home. I guess it was like a dollhouse. 
And as she had asked for it, he actually bought her one back then. And his family thought it was really weird that a nine-year-old boy was buying a dollhouse meant for a girl. So that was kind of funny. And then later on in this episode, he takes her to Young Young Land. And where the carousel currently is, is actually the site of where the abandoned house was, where they were held. And the fountain is the location of Miso's old home as a child. you have any comments about episode 11? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about from episode 11, as you'll come to know a few episodes later, it might have been 13 or 14, where they drive home the point of Miso's lack of education. And we see a scene where this is a few years ago, towards the beginning of when Miso became a secretary, where she was on the phone with her older sister, Pilnam, and she's kind of upset, and she's discussing her lack of education because there was so much debt in the family, and she immediately went straight to work as soon as she could and just put in applications wherever she could to actually secure a job because at that point money was the most important thing her education was secondary and of course young june being the upstanding guy that he actually is decides oh i'm going to make her learn japanese (laughs) and he is a stickler like putting her through the ringer until she is like perfectly perfectly um Fluent. Fluent in Japanese. And then, once she actually becomes fluent in Japanese, he gives her a present. Oh, and what does she pull it out? It is to learn Chinese. So then she has to become fluent in Chinese. And he goes through all of these tests, and he puts her through all of these rigorous tests and such to really help her become fluent and help give her some kind of education even though he's obviously not a teacher and doesn't have an educational background and he does have limitations but because of how much he cares about Miso he decides to kind of help with her education in the way that he could and I don't know I thought that was kind of really nice and sweet when you actually thought back to it Yeah, he pretty much told her uh, to learn these languages as if her life depended on it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) she thinks it's just young June being a jerk and putting her through the ringer. But no, he's just really helping her mold herself into becoming the best possible version of herself. So I know that that was definitely a point of the episode that that I really liked. Um... What else was there in that we didn't talk about? I'm thinking, did I leave anything out? That's basically it. It was just mostly their two point of views of what actually happened during the kidnapping those years ago. That was probably like the main thing. Like if you're going by like figuring out the mystery of everything. As for their personal growth together, other than the learning languages and him molding her to become a better secretary without, you know, her having that private experience. I don't know what else. Um, there was also a little bit with uh, Yushik and his ex-wife. Oh. And I remember when it was her birthday. Oh, yeah. And 
he's kind of all mopey and ends up at that restaurant that they liked and went to together on her birthday to kind of see a glimpse at her. And when she ends up showing up, she's with another young man and Yusik kind of flips his lid and makes a complete fool out of himself because guess what? It's his ex-wife's cousin. So yes, it's not even a romantic partner. It's not even the fact that she is or isn't over Yusik. It was the fact that he kind of made a fool out of himself. Yeah. The poor guy obviously doesn't want to be divorced and wants to be in a relationship. I don't know if it's ever going to work out with his ex-wife, though. I think pretty much other than that and the carousel, like what you were talking about, we drove home the most important points in there. Mm -hmm. I think we could kind of probably switch over to a little bit of episode 12. Okay. I have a lot on 12. Yeah. For 12, I have it where there's a lot of unresolved sexual tension between them. This is where you start to really notice their, like, physical attraction to one another. Like, really notice it. Young June is so desperate to sleep next to me, so that he ends up, like, saying he's gonna move into her apartment for a while. But that didn't work out too well for them. Not enough space, and she couldn't sleep. So they end up going to Young June's place. And, um... They go into the guest bedroom, and Young Jun sings her a pretty lullaby so that she can sleep. I thought it was really, really cute. Yeah, and it was so awkward at first, but then, like, slowly she's like, well, this isn't so bad, and some of the tension eased a bit and melted away. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up being able to sleep, but he does not sleep a wink. So, like, the next morning, he's pretty wrecked. So then the jinxes begin. First jinx is that whenever Young June has a cup chip, something's gonna go bad for the rest of the day. And the cup that he was drinking coffee out of was chipped. Then Miso has a jinx where if she if her heel I guess breaks or slips and she scrapes her heel, she's gonna have bad luck for the rest of the day. Then Yushik gets into the car for that morning, and I forget exactly what the two jinxes are. One is that he broke a water glass. And the other one, I can't remember. So we're expecting, you know, uh, Young Jun or Miso to have some of the jinx, but no. The jinx actually falls on, onto Yushik. His ex-wife calls him, saying, you know, oh, you were at the restaurant because you want to see me because it was my birthday. And it sounded like she was in a better mood with him. Well, she asked if they can go out for drinks that night. But he and Young Jun are going to go see, like, a college friend who has some type of illness in the hospital. And when he's talking to the ex-wife, I don't know the words he said, but it sounds like he's going to hospital for his genitals. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the poor ex-wife thinks that that he has some kind of sexual dysfunction and is heading to the hospital, when in fact it was just a, a word fail. Yes, it was, I guess, a homonym to something else, and she ends up hanging up on him, and he's, like, so distraught. <laughs> Oh, I think his other jinx was a dead crow or something. Maybe. Something with a crow. It could have been a crow. I, I don't remember offhand. I just remember the water glass and then, of course, what his jinx was, because that was the funniest part. <laughs> and luckily, it's only Yushik that actually is jinxed yeah. through the rest of the day. Uh, Miso and Young Jun escape unscathed. Yeah, of course it happens to Yushik. He's the comedy gold. Yeah, something's always happening to him. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, Gia. She makes a boo-boo. Instead of 
um, shredding the confidential information from the business meeting. She ends up uh, shredding the meeting notes. And Gogui Nam actually comes to her rescue and actually opens up the... Oh, guess what? For the third episode in a row, we have an unexpected sound sound to interrupt. Excuse (laughs) us. It's been raining nonstop and... There's been tons of fire whistles and fire trucks and all kinds of noises you can expect to follow in the background of one of our podcasts. Yes. As I said, I live in a city, but I live in a really small city, so you wouldn't expect this much nonsense, but <laughs> it is it's what it is. It's been a crazy few hours, and of course, every time we get ready to record, something like this happens. We couldn't plan it any better if we tried. Exactly. So anyway, I'll let you get back to your talking about GI. In a moment, once the <laughs> fire whistle goes down. I live maybe two blocks from the firehouse, so that's why it's so loud. Very, very loud. Thankfully, it is going away. Almost there. Okay, good enough. So then Gogui and Nam comes to the rescue, and they pull out the shredded pieces. And luckily, because she wrote all her notes in pen, because Youngjun does not like the sound of keyboards clacking, the, the key clacking on the keyboard. So he helps her put it together, and he rescues her from epic fail. Uh, see here. Sarah being Sarah, she really wants attention of Secretary Yang. So she pretends that she got a phone call from some neighborhood guy trying to get with her in order to make Secretary Yang jealous. Well, it apparently worked because after she was complaining that he was drinking a Coke, and she goes off in a huff to be dramatic... He runs up to her with a bottle of Coca-Cola and gives it her and tells her that she needs to drink it and only her. So she's drinking a little bit. She looks at the bottle and there's some writing. And I don't remember the exact words, but she drinks more and there's more words. And I know he's, I think he called her pretty or beautiful. And then he asks her out. And of course she's ecstatic because she really, really wants to go out with him. So yay. Oh, and now here are some fire trucks. We're going to pretend through. I'm not I'm sorry. Boo hiss. Okay, I don't know if it was in, like, this episode, episode before, um, uh, Sengyeon actually tells their parents that Youngjun didn't forget anything. Like, he remembers all that happened during that kidnapping, and of course that has them, like, shocked. The mother's, like, horrified. Yes, so, that was episode 12, so we're on track. Okay, I was making sure that was the correct episode. Yeah, that was definitely. Okay, and, um... So the parents actually come to Young Jun's office at Young Young, and they ask him what really happened because they really want the truth. And except for they feel really horrible that he actually remembers everything. So basically, from Young Jun's point of view, it's where the two brothers are walking in the area that would become Young Young Yum Young Land, and one of the schoolmates claimed that they're. I guess the, it was already built, but uh, I think Young Jun said, no, it's not even built yet. They're still acquiring a lang or something. Anyway, um, Young Jun's thirsty, and he asks his brother for a drink. And Seung Yun's like, oh yeah, I'll go get you a drink. But really, he ditched his little brother. So poor little Young Jun's walking around, and he runs into the kidnapper lady. She had a suitcase with her. And she asks him to help her carry it. She claims that she has a sick daughter. That she needs to get to her house. So he goes with her willingly. And she also gives him a drink. Which 
you know, satisfies his thirst. So he's going to be more compliant to go with her. And because of ditching young Jun, Sung-yeon had developed severe guilt because he actually went to the site of the abandoned house and it psychologically damaged him to the point where he actually believed that he was the child that was abandoned and that young Jun had abandoned him and he becomes psychotic. He starts beating him, screaming at him. He forced young Jun out of his own bedroom, claiming that that bedroom was actually his, that young Jun is invading his room. And it got to the point where in his psychosis, he actually tried to beat or kill young Jun with a baseball bat. It was really bad. And the psychiatrist, you know, they felt that the best thing to do for him is to put him into a psychiatric facility. And his parents were talking about it. The mother said, no, I don't want to send him there. The father's like, well, we need to. He's out of control. So young June, being far wiser than a child of his age should be, decided that he was going to fake forgetting everything because he wanted to save his brother. That regardless of what his brother did to him, he truly loves his brother. So that's where he did the falling off the chair, fainting, and pretending that he forgot everything. And he even had his name changed because, and I quote this, basically, that if he sacrificed himself, things would be okay. He's talking to his brother about what happened and why he did all this. And of course, it has his brother a little mad. He's like, why do you do all this stuff? Why are you so arrogant that you just take things into your own hands? But he was doing it because he felt that was the right thing to do at the time. And then at the very end of the episode, there's some uh, spiciness going on between Young June and Miso. And it looked like they were getting hot and heavy. Yeah, on the couch, there's a little unbuttoning of blouses and, and pulling shirts. down of the bow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we basically end like right where they're getting a little acquainted with themselves. Yes, much more than they have been in the past. Yes, let's say. Mm-hmm. Have I forgotten anything for episode twelve? I'm sure that I have. I'm pretty sure that we covered all the the main bases. Okay, well then we will move on to episode 13. We uh, watched them again today, and didn't get a chance to watch them before. I watched these two last night as well, so we're a little fresher. Yeah, our mind's really fresh on these episodes. Mm -hmm. So, while they're having alone time at Young Jun's house, his cell phone goes off, and (laughs) it's Yushik, as always. Um, Basically, there was a problem with their contract with the company, one of the companies I work with, and he had to go to Paris, France, to rectify the problem with the contract issues. So, he's not very happy because that means that it's going to be a week of not seeing Miso. And, um, while he's on the phone, Miso ends up drinking so much wine she ends up passing out drunk on the couch. Yeah, and she's out. Out, out. She's not waking up no matter what awkward little sounds young Mm -hmm. June does to try and stir her. Yeah. So he's a little disappointed that they didn't have a hot night. So he ended up just taking her into the guest room and letting her sleep there. So, um, some other developments is that Gogui Nam is now working in the same department as Miso and the other co-workers that we usually see. So he's working under the vice president, a.k.a. Young June. Mm -hmm. And we also have that intern. Yeah, there's also an intern. Mm -hmm. And Guoguinam makes that funny pun about being the salt in that type of soup. Um, Miso and Young Jun often leave during the day to go on like dates. And at one of the dates at a restaurant, someone secretly photographs them flirting. 
he's kissing Miso's hand. And it was someone at the company. I think they're a new hire. And Jia gets this picture. And she first asks Miso, like, oh, do you know who the girlfriend is? She's like, oh, any idea? And Miso's like, oh, I stayed in the car. I have no idea. But Jia is a very observant young lady and very, very good at figuring things out. So she's looking closer at the picture and there's the bracelet that Miso wears. And she's like, oh, Miso, but look, this is same bracelet. It's like, oh, it's popular. Even Sarah has it. But she can't get away with lying when it shows that there's a reflection of Miso in the picture. So there's no way she's getting away with it. Mm-mm. So poor Miso's embarrassed. She's like, yeah, don't tell anyone. Gia's like, I promise I won't tell. She doesn't say anything, at least as far as we know. And then, um, so the people in the in the department want to take Gogunam out for a welcoming party, but he says no, being that he is the frugal individual that he is. Yep. Not gonna spend any extra money unless he needs to. Exactly. And what's funny is it's after work, Gia is out of ramen, and she didn't feel like getting takeout. She wanted to go out and get food, but then she runs into Gogunam coming home, and she's like, oh, I'll take you out for a drink to celebrate him joining the department and he's like oh no no i don't want to because if you buy me a drink then i have to buy you a drink and of course he doesn't want to spend money yeah this vicious circle of you know you do something for me and oh i owe you back and have to do something for you it's just this never-ending cycle exactly well she ends up just grabbing him by the nape of the neck like on his uh suit coat and just drags him out to a restaurant and <laughs> yeah so he has no choice but to agree yeah so they end up eating like sweet and sour pork and then this other dish, which he mispronounces wrong at first, and she tells him what it is, and I can't let him remember it. It's the type of Chinese dish. Anyway, he talks about how um, you know, he's happy to have good food, and then she asks him, why are you so frugal? Because it's bugging her. She really wants to know what's his deal, thinking that's something really weird. And actually, his reason's not that weird. It's quite admirable, actually. Basically, he had grown up very poor in a very tiny little room, and Growing up, people always made him feel crappy about being poor. And even though he was the first in the class, it was always, oh, poor but smart, Gogwinam. He didn't like that. Then he graduated, got into college, got his first job. And they're like, oh, you've done well despite your circumstances. To him, everyone's always jabbing it in that, you know, he's not rich and that he had very small advantages in life. And what he wants to do is have a lot of money so that he can buy a home and his future wife and children don't ever have to hear those things that he had to hear growing up. And I think that's really admirable. And he saved up like $100,000, which is really crazy. And he only spends $100 a month. Or yeah, at least, that's really sweet. Yeah, so like, <laughs> so you kind of have a greater understanding of why he is so extremely frugal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's not like we saw it's going to be where he just has some crazy idea. It's actually very mature. And it gives us a whole new level of respect for him. Yeah, definitely a different perspective for Gia as well, because she's kind of been warming up to him lately, especially after he helped her piece together the shredded document. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if it's this episode or next one where he also um, helps her with some type of sales thing, yeah, too. Yeah, he was organizing it. Yeah, because it was supposed to be her job, but he ended up doing it for her anyway without asking for anything in return. Yeah, and he just kind of made the excuse that since he's new, he just wants a better understanding of, of like, the secretarial duties. Uh-huh. So he secretly kind of know. Not exactly, because he 
kind of seems like he's being nicer to her and yeah. paying more attention to her than he has in the past. No more of him, you know, giving her the hand signal for, I have my eyes on you, and yeah. if you talk, I'll kill you, basically. <laughs> he's much nicer now than he was in the yes. beginning of the series. Definitely mellowed out, mellowed out, and you see a very nicer side of him begin to emerge. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the episode where um, Miso starts calling young June a bulldozer. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. He's just... He has one speed, and he's just bulldozing forward with his emotions and feelings. <laughs> he doesn't know how to deal with them or handle them. So he's just pushing all of them towards Miso, to the point that it is kind of smothering and awkward, and he just keeps pushing. Yeah, especially about having more intimate relations. Because they're both starting out with relationship, which means they're both virgins. Which means, obviously, what he wants is what a lot of people want. But, you know, being that she also is inexperienced, he just kind of couldn't rein himself in very well. But he has a nice little chat with Yushik, and he wants to go at a slower pace and go at her pace. Which then surprises us, because by the end of the episode, she decides that uh, she's totally cool with being bulldozed. So, um, it ends with some type of bulldozing of an intimate variety. <laughs> what they do, I don't know. But I'm fairly certain that, um... The things progress. Yeah, they... All the way as nature intended. Yeah. <laughs> he took care of business and worked all night to get my drift. Yeah. Because <laughs> it looks like the next morning they're positively glowing. And she's only wearing his uh, button-up shirt, so I'm pretty sure that... So, yeah. Uh, we know they, they sealed the deal. Good for them, good for them. So it's about time. Mm-hmm. I don't know, anything else on episode 13? Oh, yeah, also the father end up, this is funny, her dad's hilarious, I adore him. He was trying to crowd surf, and he failed epically at his performance, being that most of the people there are around their 50s, and no one's going to catch him. So he ends up <laughs> tearing a ligament, or at least spraining a ligament in his leg. So he's trying to crowd surf. And he has like long straggly hair. He's like this rocker persona mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, he's a guitarist doing his own thing, but I guess he forgot his own age. Because <laughs> he's also in his 50s. So it's really funny. So Miso ends up having to spend time with him. And uh, yeah, it's just really funny. Episode 14. We finally know the timeline of this month that Miso's leaving. She has one week left in the beginning of episode 14. So this is where people are really starting to like, oh my goodness, she's really leaving us. It's dawning on them that they don't have her there for much longer. So what are they going to do? Yeah, because things are going to drastically change without Secretary Kim. Mm-hmm. Because they rely a lot on her because she has it all under control. She's really, really good at her job. Yes. She's had nine years to hone her craft and she's definitely honed it. Yeah, she's a very excellent secretary. Um, just some random things that happened throughout the episode that I wrote down. Uh, Sarah was flirting with Secretary Yang inside the stairwell. And oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this one was kind of sad because, like, they're flirting. He says he's going to be taking her to see Phantom of the Opera. That's awesome. I love Phantom of the Opera. And, um, well, two of the co-workers, it's the big manager dude and that quirky... I don't know what his role is, but he's also in the secretary yeah, department. With the glasses. Yeah, the that one. guy. Well, basically, she has to pretend that she's angry with Secretary Yang so they don't realize that she's been pinching his cheeks because she thinks he's cute and they're flirting. So she really goes crazy on him and it makes poor Secretary Yang's heart hurt. 
because she was really, really mean with him. Because he's a very delicate individual, we find out. So I was a little sad about that. Yeah, especially because at that point he felt like, oh, she's embarrassed to be seen with me. And mm-hmm. he just is frowning and sad and disappointed in Sarah's reaction. Yeah, had me very sad. I know, because he's such he's such a nice, as you said, kind of delicate, emotional person. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's very kind and generous, and mm-hmm. he does this nice thing for Sarah, and oh, how does she pay him back? But she's squeezing his cheeks. And yelling at him. It's not nice, but like later on, like when she gets back into the office, they said something about him like not having his job for much longer. I forget what it was, because I guess uh, Young Toon kept leaving, and then she gets all mad, saying, you know, oh, don't say this about my secretary, Yang, and I think it kind of makes them realize that there's some uh, feelings there. And it made Secretary Yang feel a little better because he seemed like he was smiling a little bit when she said that. So okay. that's okay. <laughs> but then we have, at the hospital, Miso's visiting her father again. And Young Jun comes along with her into the room and tells her dad flat out that they're dating. And it's so hilarious. The dad's acting as if this is like worst thing ever. And he's so angry. He's like, oh, I don't accept you. I refuse to accept this relationship. So then um, Young Jun leaves. And then he turns to me. So he's like, he's like, look what I did. I got him. He's like, remember, we have to make it that the more we object, the more he's going to want you. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So her father's just completely messing with Young Jun just for the fact that he can, because he's, he's the father and even if he does accept him, he's going to make it harder on Young Jun. Like like her older sisters did. They're going to make him work for it. Exactly, because he gets everything he wants. So he's making sure that Young Jun's put in his place a little bit. So, yeah. And then at, back at work, someone else in the company had seen Young Jun and Miso flirting on dates. And um, the whole secretarial department now knows about it and Young Jun and Miso were flirting a little bit in the office and the window was open and that main manager dude, Sarah and Gia see them and Young Jun have them come in, flat out tells them that yeah they're dating and then they tell Young Jun that basically figured it out, they knew. And then they find out that like the whole company knows and then that turns into a big kerfuffle because yes. a lot of people are now looking at Miso was really not nice glances and they're talking about her and then there's an incident where two girls in the bathroom are talking absolute smack about me so saying pretty much that she's being a harlot and slept up her way in the company and that you know she's seduced young june and all this and they make her sound out to be totally trashy and it's really sad so sarah comes out of one of the stalls and flips out on the two and gia comes out of another stall and flips out and then Sarah and one of the other girls end up having a mop fight. It is so gross. Because who knows where those mops have been. And then when they lose the mops, they end up just having a total cat fight. And then poor Miso walks in and it's just a mess. Yeah, she's pulling her girls back. And the girls who were talking to Smack got thrown into the bathroom stall. And you hear the toilet flushing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just bad. And then they leave the bathroom and Miso cleans the two scratch marks on Sarah's arm. And then Sarah and Gia go back to the secretary department and Sarah's of course acting as if she's a wounded puppy having the boo-boos. Yeah, she's she's really playing up what has just happened to her. Mm-hmm. She really likes to play up the sympathy card. Yeah, she's a drama queen, which is adorable. And 
uh, she gets a text from Secretary Yang. He puts something into her uh, desk drawer. And unfortunately, I can't read Hongul. So I don't know exactly what it is, but it looks like some type of like either bandages or some type of medicine, maybe. Air cream or something relating to the injury. injury. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing was when Gia and Sarah returned back to the office sector it was nice to see go Nam actually ask gia if she was hurt oh that's right yes he did yes, it was, it was really nice. actually showing concern so we're actually seeing oh yet a- another level of go Nam. yeah so after this whole debacle went down um young june takes miso to the place where they're opening another store just to make her cheer up because they go up top of this like observational deck yeah they're in daegu yes good because i could not remember what it's called <laughs> i remember yay and it was just nice him just trying to make her feel good they're outside they're talking they're flirting walking down a pair of stairs they take pictures of themselves and then pictures of their shadows doing cute little gestures it was just really adorable and then as they he's taking her home they're outside of her apartment and you know, he was talking to her saying you know like I want you to do something that you truly want to do. And no matter what you do, I'm always going to be by yourself to, by your side to support you and help you. You know, all he wants is for her to be happy and to do what she truly wants to do, being that, you know, nine years of her doing all this just to help her family. Now it's time for her to make a decision for her own self. But she decides that after everything has happened and reflecting upon all this, she's not going to quit the company now. She... Wants to stay as Young June's secretary. She's good at it. And she realized it's actually her perfect job that with all this growth that she's done and everything, she realized that she is in the right job. It's only when she took a step back and was actually going to leave. It's one of those situations where you didn't realize what you have until you almost lose it. Exactly. And And I think what helped boost it was the whole situation with their laptop design being plagiarized. Mm -hmm. And we also get to see Miso really step up into this leadership role and telling everybody, you need to do this, this, and this to get everything in order and get everything we need to Young Jun so that he can take care of this how we need to. Yeah. Because they're going to end up having to file for a plagiarism lawsuit. Because this other company, UK company, stole their ideas and was going to release it before they even got a chance to release their own stuff. So there's a bit of a kerfuffle there too. But yeah, so then at the very end, they she invites Young Jun in for ramen. Whether or not this is supposed to be an innuendo, I don't know. But she was trying to make him real ramen as well. <laughs> And anyway, they sit on her couch, they're talking, and basically, they're talking about marriage, and it sounds almost like he's making a proposal. And just as, like, they start to really think about what they just talked about, Miso's father all of a sudden jumps out out of bed and says that he objects. And <laughs> the look on Young Jun's face, his eyes practically bulge out of his sockets as he sees that Miso's father was laying in her bed and listening the entire time. Uh-huh. He was petrified because he had his his arm his hand over his heart and his eyes are wide and he's like oh no the whole time her father was buried under the covers listening to this private intimate conversation (laughs) of our future potential marriage nope there he is at the end pops up i object yep that he does 
And then just like that. The episode ends. The episode ends. It's like, oh no. Right at that point. And with that, we only have two more episodes left. Next week is the end. And I can't believe that we've been watching this now. It's going to be seven weeks of this. It's been seven weeks now, so it's going to be eight weeks in total. Two months. Time really flies because... I feel like I only started watching it last week. It does, especially when you're watching these dramas. Time passes, and when you're getting two episodes a week, it's like, wham, bam. There they are, and before you know it, the next week's episodes are here, and we're almost at the end, sadly. But the good news is it looks like we've resolved the major conflicts of the story. And the mystery itself has been solved, I think, pretty much 100%. We know why it happened, what happened during it, and what happened after it. And now we know that Miso is 100% sure she's staying with the company. She wants to stay as Young Jun's secretary. So we're definitely all cleared up in that sector. So I guess really the only things I can think of is the marriage mm-hmm. in both families and possibly Miso surviving the workplace when she becomes a married woman. As she said before she got into the relationship with Young Jun, she was mentally preparing herself for all this blowback mm-hmm. from the gossip and the negativity from other people in the company. Yeah. So I'd like to really see her get beyond that or be unfazed by it to grow a a thicker skin and not get hurt by it especially because it really fires young june up exactly because she really wanted it on the down low not because of embarrassment but she knew that it was going to get to the point where people were going to just be jerks about it and look what happened people are being jerks about it but i'm pretty certain that young june's parents are going to be a-okay because even in the first episode the mother was joking about her marrying young june and also a couple episodes ago, she told Miso to take care of Young Jun. So I'm pretty sure that they're not going to have a problem with her at all. They've seen her for nine years. They know that she's dedicated and that she's not after Young Jun's money. And I imagine that the older brother, Sung Yun, will get over it eventually. But there's still things that have to be dealt with. So before you, it's definitely the um, figuring out how to work in the workplace when you're dating your boss. Mm-hmm. The jealousy, complications. That definitely poses a lot of complications. I think, and you were talking about this earlier, maybe putting her in a different department might be better. Because she has great leadership skills, as you had mentioned as well. She could work in many different departments and be a valuable asset to them. That's what I was thinking when I originally wasn't sure if she was going to actually stay with the company. I'm like, mm-hmm. with her level of skill, she could easily be in like a marketing sector. Mm-hmm. Definitely some type of more leadership role. Not that she's not good at being a secretary, because she obviously is. But I feel like she has enough skills that she can also be doing something more. But of course she wants to stay close to Young June, so I'm not sure how ambitious she is in the workplace if she's happy where she is now because we know earlier when she initially was talking about quitting to young june all those many episodes ago she said how she definitely wanted to have a family get married and have a family yeah and of course people in the company are like oh she's quitting because she's gonna be marrying and that's Mm -hmm. not it i mean she does want to get married in the future but not right now she's still working out the kinks of her own life 
I mean, they're still young, so it's not like she has to marry him tomorrow. It's not like that. So we have to figure out what will happen in two episodes. What? Hopefully nothing stupid happens, except for we have the plagiarism lawsuit. We have Miso dealing with jealousy in the company. But I don't know what else they can throw in there. Hopefully nothing dumb. I know some yeah. dramas will throw in something really, really stupid at the very end, like amnesia. I really hope we don't have that. Yeah. I hope we don't see any bad tropes because I think they've done pretty well at executing the ones that we've had so far and that they haven't been cringy or poorly done. Yeah, they're far more tolerable than other dramas that I've watched. And no death scares or car accidents, none of that garbage. K-drama truck of doom. Yeah. Oh my goodness, we escaped that sucker in this drama. Crossing my fingers. Because who knows what could happen within two episodes. Speaking of that, with two episodes left, do you have any predictions? Since, as we said, we think most of the major conflicts are resolved. What do you think we'll touch base on? Are we going to maybe get a little more depth and into the side characters? Or oh, are we going to yes. get any focus on that? I'm hoping that we have a good... How do I put it? I guess a good place for the evolving relationships like Sarah and Secretary Yang. I'm really hoping that their relationship goes well and that maybe they can come out about their relationship and not have issues with it because Sarah makes it so obvious that she's hiding things. Like, she can't hide anything. It just yes, doesn't work. so offended and emotional. <laughs> yes. And you just know something's going on and she's hiding something. Yeah, she already and... had blabbed to Miso and Gia when they were cleaning up uh, Sarah's boo-boo that, you know, in her with her office relationship, romance relationship, you know, she doesn't want people knowing about it. And she's like, oh, I mean, if I ever chose to. I mean, it's so... Like, yeah. It's so like, obvious. You keep saying that, Sarah. Yeah, so I'm hoping that no more boo-boos go on with her and Secretary Yang because he looked so, like, upset when she was fake yelling him up. And also with Gogui-nam and uh, Jia. At first, I really did not like Gogui-nam. I really didn't. In the beginning of the show, I'm like, this guy's a complete tool. Didn't like him. But now I kind of ship them together. And even if they don't get romantically involved, it'd be nice if they could have a good friendship, being that they're neighbors. Mm-hmm. Tiff has finally seen the light. Apparently so. Yeah, he's not that bad of a guy. And then also when they were eating together, he said that for his birthday the next May, because it's birthday the May, that he wants her to eat his birthday dinner with him. I thought that was so cute. It was, especially because he's such a loner and he's alone. And he went through his own traumatizing events as mm-hmm. a childhood where he couldn't be acknowledged for what he was capable of. It had to be where he was from and how much money he had and it was so sad so you can see why he went into the into this company so cold and clinical and crazy hardworking and not letting people truly know anything personal about him because he didn't want to be judged Mm -hmm. based on where he came from or you know what money he has in his pocket yeah and he doesn't even take vacations no, I mean, he lives the bare minimum that a person can possibly scrape by living. Mm-hmm. I just find that interesting. Like, how does someone do that? Just literally live to such an extreme de- degree of frugality. 
Well, he grows all his vegetables on the rooftop. On the roof. And like on the rooftop, I didn't even know if there's any place where he put his bed. So what does he like live in a tent? That's crazy. So I'm I'm definitely curious to see if anything happens between nice. him and Gia. I mean, it kind of seems like there's like mutual potential romantic feelings between them. Mm-hmm. They definitely seem to care about each other. So we can see it's more than just co-workers who get along we're at least at a friendship level mm-hmm. we don't know if it'll tip into anything more than that but it would kind of be nice to actually see if they do manage to make it work if she's the one that he ends up spending his frugal and hard-earned money on it'd be nice so she seems like a nice girl who wouldn't be you know a huge spender i think they'd make a good married couple yeah i have to say even over time, Gia even grew on me. Originally, when Young Jun didn't want to hire another secretary on the spot, oh, the first one he picks is Gia. And I'm kind of thinking at first, how is this going to go? And how is she going to fit in and add to the dynamic of the company? But now it's like, what if she hadn't been there? Mm-hmm. We would have missed out on a lot of great stuff. Exactly. I'm hoping that he'll keep her on, even though she won't be taking over Miso's position. I think it'd be nice for her to have like a her own little secretary assistant. Yeah, that's the thing. That's a good point now that you bring it up because he doesn't need two secretaries, so her uh, her position is pretty much going to be eliminated. So mm-hmm. I wonder what she's going to do. I think they should keep her because it'd be nice to have some fresh blood. And I think that Miso would make a great like trainer for her. Because even though she's having problems with it, she's a trooper. She keeps trying and trying. And it kind of reminds me of the young Miso when she first started out. And maybe he would sort of be like a mentor to Gia as well as kind of help her be raised up as a good secretary as well. Definitely. That's a a good point and a, a good perspective. Especially because Gia just starting is a lot like Miso was then. She has essentially no skills because she came from a wealthy family and is trying to live on her own. Like, this is her first grown-up job where she has no skills and is trying to essentially learn this very complicated job. So I definitely hope that Miso can help sculpting her into a better secretary. Kind of like how Young Jun did for Miso, giving her that opportunity to become more. I'm just curious to see if being a secretary is what Gia actually wants to do, or if it was a situation like Miso that she picked the first job that um, she was qualified for and they hired her. Although Miso wasn't qualified for the job she received, but (laughs) that's besides the point. Yeah. So... I guess that's really it about the show right now. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. No. There was a, a lot of content. So much went on in those four episodes. So I'm sure we probably missed some things, but those were the main points that really, really stood out to us. Yeah, I hadn't written down my notebooks. I wouldn't forget. <laughs> I think 13 and 14 really upped the ante. Mm-hmm. I know some may seem oh, what are we going to do from here? It kind of feels like the end. Are we just going to get more cutesy filler stuff and nothing else? But I don't know, considering what we've seen of the show and 
the fact that the plot has been very consistent and solid so far. I really have a feeling that they're that it is planned from beginning to end. And of course, we know what's wrong with Secretary Kim was a webtoon first. So they probably already had some things worked out in regarding to a clear ending and what they were going to do. I'm definitely not worried about it being like just fluff and nothing else. I'm sure there'll be a a few more dramatic moments because yeah, we may have reached the climax, but there will definitely be more complications arising. So now we come to our end. If you made it this far, we must have done something right, we hope. Thank you for watching and supporting our podcast, which is hosted by Castos. If anyone has any suggestions for future segments or recommendations for other shows to watch, please feel free to leave us a comment on the blog at startedwithakdrama.com. If you have the time, please also take a moment to rate this podcast and leave us comments. We are available through Castos, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Until next time, bye. Annyeong! Annyeong!